Welcome to, ah, oh, crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah. And we have a was- <laughs> You couldn't even help I'm it. I'm sorry. Too. I got it. I almost had it. We already called it out last episode, and now you're great. already- we, I like it. You nailed it, and then you you gave it away. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't commit. Oh, uh, yeah. Commit. Okay. Um, well- <laughs> Let's commit to in- introducing our yeah. our wonderful guest for this episode. We have my very good friend. I've known him for probably 10 years now or oh, yeah. a little under cool. or just barely 10 years. Very yeah. cool. Um, he's a great guy. Um, great graphic designer. He's, nice. done, he's done stuff for my old podcast. He's currently the cage match logo that uh that i, the oh, show I, I host he designed That's great. he's a guy that i'll say this about him you just tell him what you want like in the simplest terms and yeah. he'll come back with something that will blow your fucking mind like exceeds <laughs> that yeah he really has that gift it's pretty crazy nice um and also he's a writer we'll get to all of his credits but i gotta say his name it's james <laughs> mulholland hey there guys <laughs> thank you for for all the compliments feel free to keep them coming uh <laughs> they won't stop throughout the show great 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 we'll i'm so glad in. i'm here <laughs> oh we're so happy to have yeah, you yeah thanks for doing this of course show. my pleasure uh, thanks for reading a novel for the show oh yeah no happy to do it <laughs> yeah it feels like a podcast a big ask to me to ask you to read a novel <laughs> yeah i think for, yeah. for yeah i guess it depends who you ask but sometimes yeah like it's Especially if it's not like, whatever. It's not. It's not some award-winning book, right? You're not. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, this was 300 pages, fairly large type, uh, some illustrations. Pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This wasn't too big. Yeah, very yeah. true. We didn't ask you to read Les Mis. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Bridged. <laughs> You're like, come in and talk about that, and then we're gonna try to make it seem like it's Hellboy. Really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> squeeze it in there. Um. For our listeners, James, do tell us a little bit about your history. Because um, the reason I brought mm-hmm. you on here is when I, knowing you over the last years, aside from being a screenwriter, which mm-hmm. you are currently, yes. correct? Yeah. And you have dabbled in novels, I believe. Yes. Uh, when I was in, well, when I was in everything before now, I guess. <laughs> I wanted to be a fiction writer. I went to school for it. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, I kind of fell into the the dark side of writing, <laughs> uh, the the easier, more lucrative, uh, more fun, but sometimes far less fulfilling uh, right. world of screenwriting. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't gone back. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. But you're still a big reader though, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I feel like I've never yeah, yeah. not known you and um, one of my good friends, so well, best friend, Jen Kruger, who you are, live with, and she's also your- My writing partner, writer. Yeah. You guys are big readers. Oh, absolutely. I feel like yeah. there's never a moment where you guys aren't onto a new book. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, I got here uh, for the recording about 20 minutes early because no. I left too early. <laughs> so I was reading my Kindle in the car while I waited. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and what are you currently reading? Uh, right now, I'm reading kind of like a, just a fun sort of light fantasy trilogy uh, called the Lacanius Trilogy, uh, which is really enjoyable. It's sort of in the mode of like Wheel of Time and oh, cool. the... It's modern, but it's in the mode of like those sort of '90s epic fantasy series. It's enjoyable, cool. yeah. Nice, right? Um, but that's pretty much why I brought you on is because yeah. I was like, this guy knows books, <laughs> <laughs> and me and Kate we've we've both said on the podcast, it we're slow readers. <laughs> I am a we're slow not reader. the most. I like to read, like I, I read, do like read, but I'm too. like, it's I, you know, I'm not as, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I like do the I do the New York Times crossword mini crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. And 
every now and then I'll do it in like 30 seconds, but usually it takes me about like two minutes. Right. And then a friend of mine who does, who's also a writer is like getting them done in 20 seconds. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't compare myself to writers. And like, I can't do it. Like they're, I don't know. I will say I do find myself. And we were, we were talking about this a little before the recording. Uh, as I am getting older, I am now in my mid thirties. I do find myself having to do that thing that I, I laughed at when I was in my twenties, that sort of brain training thing where to keep sharp, I kind of have to do puzzles and yeah. uh, little brain teasers. Or, or I do find myself like I, sl I slow down. I am sure. not registering things uh, as quickly or locking them away as thoroughly as I used to. Wow. What oh, puzzles rusty. do you do? What's it? <laughs> what kind of puzzles do you do to, in order to enrich your brain? Like um, I like logic. Well, I hate logic puzzles, but I find them to be uh, helpful. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Particularly the kind where you've got like Sharon has a blue fox. Joe has nine potatoes. And then you have to, when you're trying to find like the intersection between this person has no blue foxes, but five potatoes. It could be Joe because Joe has nine potatoes and five is <laughs> contained Amazing. inside nine. That Did kind of thing. The, the where grids. do you find Did you see them? the fog? Oh, you can find that crap online. You can find <laughs> oh, it online. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Just like you're Googling like logic over. puzzles and you're finding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went to sleep during that explanation. Oh, <laughs> I don't blame you. I even. E <laughs> Midway through it, I was like, this isn't good. This is not interesting at all. Yeah, I think it is interesting. <laughs> but I feel I smarter. Feel dumb. <laughs> if, if struggling means you're getting smarter, then yes, I got yeah. smarter. Oh, then I, I struggle. Say, well, I on a more smart all the time. On a more interesting note for puzzles, there's a great uh, UK puzzle show called Only Connect that is about finding the connection between disparate items. It's one of the hardest like quiz shows you'll ever see. Uh -huh. uh, that's actually really like I, I watch it a lot and it's really fun and Ooh. I do find myself getting a little sharper afterwards and then feeling really, really rewarded when I get the answers right because oh, they great. are tough. Is Love it that. like a contemporary? Is it like still happening? It is. Yeah, it's nice. on uh, BBC Two, I think, but cool. they have a t they have most of their run on YouTube. Oh, oh awesome. Cool. I love that. Hell yeah. We're already getting to like little... Uh, <laughs> I'm opening tabs you know, over here. I'm just doing homework. Yeah. Our listeners, great. So you, b before you became a screenwriter, you were yeah. really wanting to go into fiction writing. Mm -hmm. And then there's a really cool part of your history <laughs> coming from that world over into LA and eventually becoming a screenwriter that you had a, you've, tell us about your relationship with Ray Bradbury. Okay. Who's so, a, one of the greatest novelists oh, in the world. A hundred percent. Absolutely. When I was uh, a kid, Ray was my favorite author. I loved science fiction, and uh, Fahrenheit 451 was one of the first truly great books I read. One of the first ones that made me think, oh, this could be for me, and then Something Wicked This Way Comes was right on the heels of that. And I'm like, oh, wow, it, it can be everything. Science fiction, fantasy, it can be, like, so much and so different all from one author. It's amazing. And when I went to college, I went to Columbia College in Chicago, and at my freshman orientation, I was in the elevator talking to my freshman advisor about Ray Bradbury. And she said, oh, I know someone you should meet. Elevator doors open. And she goes, oh, this is him. James, this is uh, Sam Weller. He's Ray's biographer. You guys should talk. Wow. So we did. And before college had actually started, like between orientation and first day, uh, I'd come on as Sam's research assistant. So cool. So I spent three-ish years, like up in Waukegan, going through records at the uh, cemetery where Ray's family, the Spaldings, uh, were buried trying to find like gravestones that had been sort of 
mixed up thing. You know, his family had lived there for a long time and it was a long time ago. Um, and talking to Ray, doing conference calls, just researching anything uh, that they needed. And it was awesome. And then I moved to Los Angeles where Ray lived uh, and I started setting up conference calls for him with libraries and going over to his house, which was maybe the best place in the world. Wow. That anyone, is so cool. <laughs> anyone who knows Ray Bradbury probably knows that he is, uh, he was a very happy, very playful, very fun guy. And that really came through in, in his home, which was full of toys, uh, games, like art from his novels. Uh, he was always interested in sending you away with something cool as well. Like, wow. if you came in, he wanted to give you something when you left. Aw, that's you know, awesome. Yeah, he was a great guy. Uh, and knowing him for so long uh, and working on a book about him yeah. for so long, even in, even in a limited capacity as, like, a researcher, uh, it really amped up my love for writing and for science fiction and fantasy in particular. And Ray uh, had this thing where he just said, he said, write every day uh, and you will succeed, which was something that always stuck with me. He, he wrote a story or a play or a chapter of a novel or a poem or something every day. And, you know, as, as you probably know, his output was unbelievable. Yeah. Like there are so many books there and, um, yeah, he really instilled a deep love, not just of fiction, but of the process of creating fiction and stories for me. But yeah, uh, when Ray uh, passed away, uh, I had not been working as a writer at that point, but um, my writing partner, Jen, uh, we started working on some stuff together. And now we are actually working screenwriters. You know, we make at least part of our living. Right, it. and I, I do design work as well uh, in the leaner times. Yeah, but, I love that. But yeah, uh, it's I I attributed a hundred percent to to Ray Bradbury. That's the fact so that cool. I make so money from writing. Thanks oh, for sharing that. Oh, that's such a that, sweet, <laughs> lovely story. It's just yeah. uh, it's just reassuring to hear. Like, oh, my hero was a beautiful, he, lovely man who just was. like wanted to give you advice and physical things, like cool <laughs> stuff. Like. I'll tell you one quick. I know that we're here to talk about the Hellboy, but I'll tell you no, one we quick would love one. to hear it. Yeah. So when I was still in Chicago and we were doing a conference call for a class that Sam, the biographer, was teaching, we were in the college library and we had a uh, uh, conference called Ray. Um, and after the call, I was browsing around in the stacks and I found this book by Ray because I was looking, looking for books by him to see what they had. Yeah. And I found one I had never seen before, which was a really rare edition of uh, – of something he wrote about when he was in Ireland working on, um, I'm sorry, do you ever get that thing where your mind goes blank? When you, oh, I, yeah, I get it all the time. Perpetually. I, I have never <laughs> been good at remembering uh, the titles of works. But anyway, yeah. he, was, he was in there working, working on a movie. Yeah. Uh, and it was signed on the inside cover uh, to Speck, who was his editor at Playboy at the time. Wow. Because Ray had helped. Ray was one of the first writers who worked with Playboy, and it yeah. was some, his short fiction that kind of like helped to catapult it early to fame. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I told Sam, the biographer, "Hey, I found this." He goes, "Let me call Ray." He gets on the phone with Ray, tells him what I what I found. I'm standing maybe three feet away from Sam, and I see him pulling the phone away from his ear when he's done oh speaking, my God. and then from the other end of the phone, I hear Ray's voice go. Stop 
steal it. Steal it. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hope I think the statute of limitations is probably up on. Yeah, book you're good. Yeah, no, I but I, good. I took it. I paid the fee to the library for the lost book. Yeah. Thing. Pay the lost um, book fee for that. They yeah. probably don't even know what they have yeah, on I their still, hands, right? I still have it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's oh, you fantastic. have it. I have it. Yeah. That's incredible. Ray didn't want, Ray didn't want me to steal it for him. Oh, he was just like, yeah. take it. It's too cool to leave. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love it so Yeah. Much. He just, he wanted me to have it, which Aww. was so nice. Steal it. <laughs> steal it. <laughs> Screaming it into a yeah. phone. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that is so, it's like, just, it's like, it's makes me kind of giddy just to be like, okay, great. Like he's a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so he's, nice. Uh, I've loved, I've loved hearing stories. James talk about. So cool. No, How did you guys meet? Me and Dave? Yeah. Um, we met because through. me yeah. and Jen Kruger, his writing partner, yeah. I took, cause I was, there was a, my first years of improv. I was very obsessed with it. Yeah. And I took like, this is really inside baseball for those out there that don't follow um, UCB improv. But, their course, they have like four levels. They're, I took a 301, was like very lost. I remember yeah. getting a very specific note about not listening in my 301 with a guy named <laughs> Drew DeFonso Marx and was like, I don't get what I'm doing. I need to right. do this course again. So in the middle I listened, of, I just don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> That's the 301 feeling for sure. And so halfway through that 301, I jumped into a second 301, which Jen was currently also signed up for. We became friends. We started doing like, after our group, I think after our, our uh, class show, we decided to start doing two-person improv. Mm -hmm. And then I just met James through that and became awesome. friends as well. Cool. Yeah. And it stuck. It, yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> even, even in those times where we're both crazy busy, we always come back together. We always come oh, back. That's we know nice we're out there. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that kind of friendship. You just know you're yeah. out there. Like We're like uh, two celestial bodies circling something larger. <laughs> yeah. Even even if we're on opposite sides Eventually. of the rotation, we know it'll meet. You'll be in joined the again. We'll come yeah. again. Yeah. Poetic and beautiful. It is. It is. It's a good, it's a good friendship. It's a good friendship. <laughs> I've, 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 like a lot of fantasy stuff and sci Sci-fi stuff that I've learned about comes from James. Cool. Like Aww. me just asking, going, tell me about this. <laughs> and he's a great guy. He's really a I would call him a loyal friend. Oh, thank you. That's um, wonderful. Thank he's you very so much. <laughs> we told you we were gonna compliment you. Yeah, Genuinely, yeah, I told you wouldn't stop. Best day I've had for a while. This is great. Right. Thanks. <laughs> um, I don't have it ready, and this brings it back to the to the show and uh, not not to the, sh the that we haven't this mm -hmm. is the show over my hello boy. I, I feel like I've read it and or I've missed it or can't remember, but I do feel like Mignola has cited as Rayberry is also an influence of his, oh, which really? I'm totally not surprised by. He, I mean, his big ones are H.P. Lovecraft for Hellboy, but I know Ray Bradbury's up there. And so I quickly Googled, but I was like, oh, you've caught there's a book he did illustrations for called The Best of Ray Bradbury. And oh, stuff. OK. Cool. And that's just like a, I, I, I wish I could. I swear we've read like a in one of his forewords or something mm -hmm. and him mentioning Ray Bradbury bringing a reference. I, I feel like, like any an influence anyone who's working in the sci-fi fantasy genre these days, even if even if they don't think like this is one of my favorite writers, I feel like it's hard not to have been influenced by something of Ray Bradbury's so, like, or right. Isaac Asimov's or, you know, a few others who are who were so prolific and so well known and so well respected. Yeah. And the, they in their times established everything. Yeah. For a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we move on to um, to Hellboy, what would be, a, and you said Fahrenheit 451, mm -hmm. we have something wicked, This Way Comes, which mm -hmm. also I read after you, I borrowed a copy mm, you, yeah. you gifted me. 
And um, and I was glad it was a gift because I tend to destroy books when I read them, and I felt <laughs> terrible. I was like, uh, I ruined this book of Jason's. He's like, it's fine, keep it. I have like another copy. It's like, good God, I'm the worst. I really do feel that way. Oh, and you're not. You're the best. <laughs> but what other like unknown, like possibly less known stories or novels or books of his would you say? people should oh, read. Um, one of my favorites that is uh, never talked about and not as well known is called A Graveyard for Lunatics. It is <laughs> a it is a quasi mystery uh, that he wrote kind of based on his time in Los Angeles where he moved when he was a younger. He lived in Waukegan as a kid, Waukegan, Illinois, uh, and all of his Greentown stories, a lot of his short fiction. If you read Greentown, uh, that's Waukegan. Okay. But he moved to L.A., he wanted to be a screenwriter, um, and the main character of Graveyard for Lunatics has just moved to L.A. and witnesses the uh, a very disturbing death on what was at that time that like the tram, one of the streetcars. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Gets involved with a an aging, uh, sort of fading golden age era starlet. Um, it's really good. It's not sci-fi or fantasy. It's sort of horrific it's it's creepy yeah. mystery it's Ooh, very cool. good i love it yeah i like it too that's great and what's the title one more time a graveyard for lunatics and there was another book in that same series i guess you could call it a series called let's all kill constance which is the name <laughs> of the uh starlet that he befriends ah great titles Damn. <laughs> yeah i love that title so much. like he has good like titles that just grab me yeah I love it. oh absolutely that's wonderful Thanks for the suggestion. Happy to give it. I'm going to add to my list. <laughs> now, moving back into Hellboy world and Mignola, what is your relationship, if any? If mm-hmm. not, that's okay. Yeah, if it it's little, it's all right. What's your relationship with, in general, comic books and Hellboy, and then eventually, and then Hellboy specifically? So I've always been a fair weather comic book fan. Uh, in in times where I'm feeling great and like have all the time in the world, I'll pick up a bunch of comics. Yeah. Um. If if it's if it comes down to having to really parse out my time and figure out what I'm going to do, I drop them for a while. Hellboy was one that I came back to a few times and I would go and reread the first sort, maybe like two or three series. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, five years later, I'd be like, I'm going to check or whatever. I'm going to check out Hellboy. Yeah. I don't remember enough of it. So I'd go back and I'd start (laughs) rereading it and then I'd get through basically the same thing. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I can go on to the next thing. And I rarely did. Yeah. And then I got to know Dave and I don't remember. I think this was at an improv show. You and I were talking a little bit about Hellboy and you were telling me some of the broad strokes of Mm -hmm. stuff that came well after what I had ever read. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. I'm going to go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> I went and I reread those, those same three, and I didn't go back to it. And then the first three are fantastic. They're yeah. great. So. But then years later, I did start picking them up a little more. Apparently, three or four repetitions was what stuck. <laughs> uh, so I started picking them up a little more, you know, single issues or grabbing the uh, the collections. Um, and now I I know, like, a lot of the stuff up up through Hellboy uh, and his split from the BPRD. Yeah, right. Uh, so you've read when, all through Conqueror Worm. Yeah, and I've read some of the Abe Sapien solo stuff, oh, cool. which I really like. Abe is my favorite character yeah, in Hellboy. Then, knowing you, it makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have some strong opinions about uh, Abe in particular in this. Ooh, uh, I can't story. wait to get there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah I, I, I mean, Abe. can I ask you a question yeah. about Abe? How do you like his portrayal in the movies? I hate it. 
Me too. I Why really, do you hate it? Because in the movies, Abe is basically a uh, an unpleasant, sort of prim, uptight. I mean, okay, so I know that in the first movie, Abe was voiced by David Hyde Pierce. Yes. But I feel like the portrayal of Abe in the first movie was basically Niles from Frasier, but a fish. Yeah, and, that's, and that's stuck. <laughs> yeah, Doug Jones it. just took yeah. over the voice. Yeah, and I hate it. That is not at all what that character is. I agree. I feel like it's really unfair to, to a cool, interesting, uh, much more complex character Yeah, to make him just the, like, grumpy, unhappy uh, English buddy. Yeah, and yeah. sort of weak when he's not. Yeah, no. Like, he, like the, he think, needed Hellboy to save him so much, uh, like, in, in the yeah. movies, he didn't have any... I don't know why he was in the BPRD in the movies. He did nothing. He was useless. Yeah, <laughs> and Guillermo made a very a strong choice to sort of limit him to water. Yeah. Which in the comic, it's yeah, not that Yeah, he even had way. to like right. wear the... The, the breather. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, it's like... He, he saw... It was, it's interesting that Guillermo saw it as like, uh, uh, like a weakness for him mm-hmm. outside of water versus in the comic, I feel like... Oh, it's an it's an advantage. He can breathe right. like a human. Yeah, but he has, yeah, he's but like, he has an amphib- yeah, he's an yeah. amphibian. He's not yeah. a fucking fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Abe is that car in a '70s spy movie that like <laughs> yeah. drives off the highway, lands in the water, and, and then turns into a boat to get away. <laughs> it's cool. You might be it's panicked not, for a yeah. moment. But right. it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, he's like a lot sillier, I think, in the comic. Like they kind of like he'll crack jokes like Hellboy. Yeah. But I think like, and I think Mignola sort of plays with this a lot where their expressions are like, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. to tell exact. And it's like unless you know these guys, you might not know that they're being silly or like, right. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, I think that is like a big part of the character that doesn't come across in yeah and portrayal of him. I'm wondering too, because I, I right now at the top, I'm missing my timeline. I know the movie came out in 2004. Mm. Were the BPRDs out by then? Uh, Guy I Davis did. Don't think so. Yeah, because I feel like Guy Davis, Mignola, and Guy Davis, and then um, uh, the other writer, and I'm totally blanking on <laughs> the BPRD writer that I like a lot because we're getting through those. Mm-hmm. Um, they really flesh out Abe to a point that I absolutely love him in those. Yeah. And he, I love the, I love the reality too, that he's a good, he's a good shot like yeah. that. They never like show that he saves. And yeah. I'm sorry, but in the first book, everyone forgets that Abe saves Hellboy mm-hmm. by throwing a harpoon through Rasputin. Right. <laughs> oh man. And, and like, I'm just like, no. And then when you see him in the movie and he gets bit by one creature and he's like, or scratched, he's like, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you, James. Yeah, Abe, is, Abe is like a goldfish in the movies. You know, when you're a kid and yeah. your parents tell you like, don't touch the goldfish too much because the oils from your fingers could kill it. <laughs> That's Abe in the movies. <laughs> Very good. Um, oh, uh, it looks like some of the miniseries, like like the BBRD miniseries, were like Hollow Earth was like two thousand two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but it wasn't like super, like Plague of Frogs wasn't until. The... I was just curious if they were pulling from that at all, mm. but probably Plague of, not. Plague of Frogs was like March, July two thousand four, so not a ton, I guess. For sure. Yeah. But, but well, good thing the, the newest movie bombed because their <laughs> idea of what they wanted to make. Hell, uh, a 
Dave Saban sound crazy. The director was something like he used the word thuggish to describe what he was going to do with Abe Sapien. What? Yeah, I truly the don't designers, know. I think more so was it an article. I, I truly, yeah, they're no calling idea. him thuggish. They're like we're going to make him like thuggish, and we're like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What is a movie studio's <laughs> definition of thuggish? Right. How does that apply to? Like, I was like, what? Are, He's what? like a fish. But covered in muscles. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I imagine him with like, I was like, oh, they're going to give him like a Cockney accent and like make him like. <laughs> oh, like Guy Ritchie. Yeah, I guess. it'll yeah, just yeah. be like, I was like, because how, how, how are we like merging those two things? Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know. You know what? Genuinely, I, I was hating it until, until I realized like, yeah, Cockney accent. That I'm in now. You're oh, in. yeah, that sold you. Cockney, <laughs> Cockney, Thug Ape Sapien, 100%. I'll watch it. Yeah. it. It doesn't have to be true to the character at all. Uh, sign me up, sell cool. me a ticket. Yeah. I'll take that version. Yeah, I love it. It's a definitely a history change on, on him. It's like He's when not, Batman, like, goes, it's like they have like a caveman version and they right. sell those toys. It's like yeah, the what every if version, version, right? Yeah. It's so dumb. I'll take a what if, yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I know I cut you off to talk about Abe Sabian. Anything else in your Hellboy verse oh, um, or knowledge? That's pretty. No, no, deep. yeah, that's it was. It seems pretty it was just good, yeah, actually. Kind of picking it, picking it up here and there. That's and I know that I get to a point where I I start reading one of the like three issue runs or something, and I'm like, oh, there's clearly a hole in what I have read before and what I'm reading now. But yeah, you, you know, you can fill that in with context. Yeah, usually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I even forgot, and I apologize. The novel we read for this. Has mm-hmm. a reference to his short, and I kept telling myself as I read it, goes, "You need to email James oh, does to read this." And I fucking just realized I forgot again. No, no, that's that's interesting the, because there was nothing in that book that I didn't pick up that I don't feel like I missed yeah. uh, from the yeah. context surrounding it. Yeah, he just has but a I would be curious to know whatever the Aikman guy or whatever. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about it when we get over to that. But like, oh yeah, yeah he yeah. has a history with him that um, I was like, oh, it'd be f- I should have sent this over. So I sorry. Oh, see with him with that, I thought that the Aikman thing might be from a run of comic that I missed. Exactly. One, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's a short. But yeah, story. you totally it's get. A, it's a short. They, I think they they sort they cover of it talk well. about it enough that you pretty much understand what like this like basically this uh, event with King Vold where mm-hmm. he is like his like greed drove him to sort of put Hellboy in like mortal peril and yeah. uh made like burned that hole in his hand with like a coin that he was like attempting right. to get yeah. these like treasures so yeah. that's kind but that's of an illustrated that's sort story. of like what it covers oh, okay. yeah he was like trying to invoke this king vold character to like come out and hellboy would fight him and then aikman would run away with the gold <laughs> and it didn't turn out well for yeah. him. there's a big that big Just hole burned in right through him and that yeah. was that we're gonna take a quick break now yeah okay. um when we get back we're gonna jump right in um with james and talk about the novel the second hellboy novel the bones of giants <laughs> hello listeners this is your hellcasters ak crappers um, coming into your ears during the break real briefly to let you know that we really appreciate you guys listening to the show and just want to say thank you so much. And if you have time and want to rate, review and subscribe where in uh, Apple Music or wherever you guys get your podcasts, go ahead and do that. We really appreciate it. Um, maybe show this to a friend who you want to convince to be as nerdy about Hellboy as all of us. Um, that would be really great. Yeah, we appreciate that. And a reminder, if you are using Apple Podcasts to listen to the show and you give us a five-star review, 
starting with the word boom, we will go ahead and we will read your boom review right here on the show and give you a shout out and praise you because we really appreciate those boom reviews. Thank you again. And let's get back to the show. What do you say, Kate? Yeah. Welcome back to Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast. <laughs> the show dedicated to the half demon hero, host by me, Mark David Christensen. VK Thompson. And we have our wonderful guest with us, James Mulholland. Hello again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're back to jump right into discussing the second novel um, of Hellboy, The Bones of Giants. Yeah. Um, written by Christopher Gold and, and illustrated. It has some illustrations by Mike Mignola, Mike Mignola himself. throughout. And it's sort of like. Uh, it's pretty. It pretty much starts as a kind of a straightforward Hellboy and BPRD story. Um, mysterious giant found, like bones of giant found, with clutching what appears to be Thor's hammer. Nobody wants to say it, but that's yeah. what it. Yeah, looks for some like. reason. Yeah, nobody wants like, to use the word Thor. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, they Is say it, it once, right? Yeah. One time. Yeah, one time at the very end. Yeah. Everybody like it's a reveal. They don't want to. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, we know. We know. I looked at the cover once. I yeah. know. The uh, thunder bearer who has a big ass hammer. Right. That's probably Thor. Not oh, every time you go so there, your sure. hair stands on end and you're like, yeah, OK. Um, so, yeah, the you know, the scientists are all there, but they're baffled and they can't move any. Nobody can move this hammer that belongs to who knows who. And so, yeah, the BPRD goes over, checks it out. Hellboy touches hammer, hammer molds to like sticks to Hellboy's hand into his right hand of doom. Then now they're stuck. Now they're stuck and they got to <laughs> stay in the country. They can't leave with this hammer. Yeah. And um, then, I mean, he starts to invoke sort of the powers of Thor. Yeah. yeah. It's like a weird like sort of thing where he's like has in, an intuition and he starts having thoughts that he's not fully. Aware. It's as if Thor without them saying it bluntly, yeah. but it's like as if Thor's living in him, right? Right. And using yeah, beginning his body him. as a puppet, even though his body is sort of still around too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the personality is beginning to bleed in and affect yes, Hellboy. Yes, for sure. The, the aggressive, like, war prince personality, mm -hmm. you know, sure. kill everything. Berserker, <laughs> yeah. Berserker situation. And this is also part of a bigger thing where a, a frost giant named Thurm is, has come back as well. Yeah. Or like somebody... The guy. I was saying Thrym. Yeah, Thrym. Is, is that Thrym? I think Thrym. Look, Thrym. guys. So look, yeah. I won't even. I, what's the? Can you say the name of Thor's uh, hammer? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. I, yeah. I think that's. How I it's feel like I'm so scared to say it because I'm gonna get it wrong. M Too many consonants all shoved <laughs> together. Mjolnir. 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 See, you say it wrong, and I'm gonna get that one stuck in my head. Um. Yeah. So now Hellboy's stuck to that. They're going to go consult with an expert who turns out to be Aikman, who Hellboy has already encountered before. He's already sort of double-crossed Hellboy once, so he's Hellboy's like not thrilled to see him. Um. Aikman has a beautiful research assistant daughter. Uh, of course. Yeah. So, uh, Pernilla? Pernilla. Pernilla, yeah. And uh, her and Abe sort of have like, sort of like, a, not necessarily like romantic at first. It's like, it's like, this is maybe skirting on romantic, but is also just kind of a like, Mutual respect it for each really other. It really doesn't want to lay that ground no, down. At no, all. they really no, it's don't like want to. They wanted a romance subplot, but they're like, oh no, there's too much canonically with Abe. I guess. Uh, yeah. so people are expecting 
already, so we can't we can't go hard on this. Yeah, it was really strange, especially at the very end when he has like his arm around her waist, and Hellboy's like, I don't yeah. know if it's romantic, but I'll leave it alone. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess all- I'm not the most perceptive guy in the world. I <laughs> yeah. don't know. It was almost like the um like gap year or like a college study abroad affair for Abe. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was true. definitely like, yeah, summer camp. Yeah. He doesn't want her to hate him and he'll yeah. go to great lengths to do, to make sure that that doesn't happen. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I am, I am kind of flirting with this girl back in the BPRD. So maybe yeah. like, so if you're so ever over in the U S don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> We have that I, rule when we're not in the same we're country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're just like hanging out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know. So that kind of starts there. They're attacked by what Hellboy calls weasels, sort of these like greasy ghost skeleton guys <laughs> with the re- like thin, like yeah. very thin swords. Yeah. I thought it very funny too that like Abe had a correction. He's like, he calls these weasels. Things, but they're more like seals. And I was like, this yeah. is such a funny moment. Yeah. Like, a weird, yeah. like, them not discussing that. It is funny what the author, like, decided mm-hmm. to, like, really, re- like, come back to a bunch of, like, I feel like he describes these guys a lot. Like, the, uh, um, uh, Svardelves. Right? Yeah. yeah. So then they show up, and then, and then we get, uh, like, Thor's little minion. The not dwarves? like Yeah, like, mm-hmm. his, like. Sort of like warriors they're, they're who are like sworn to, pre- to protect Thor. Realiums or whatever. Nidavellum or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Nidavellum. I'm reading the words. I, I see multiple times in here. I actually Nose. really like uh, Norse mythology and um, Eastern and Northern European mythology. But yeah, yeah I, I have a hell of a time with the pronunciation. Oh, yeah, some rough. of them, I when you re- you read it a million times, but if you don't hear someone saying it, which you rarely do with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Nidavellum. I don't know. Yeah, they're anyway, dwarves. Cool they're dwarves. battle. They're like yeah. they're war, thor, war, thoriers. Thoriers. Thoriers are war dwarves. Yeah. Okay. Thor warriors. Um. So they show up to, uh, they sort of fill Hellboy in a little bit about, uh, you know, hey, you're the thunder bearer now, and mm-hmm. we have to help protect you, and, um, uh, then they end up. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how they end up getting to Thrym's like they he's just guided it's he's just, followed he's yeah. just following like his like the rhythm of, of the, the hammer. hammer. Yeah. Right. The rhythm of the hammer. Isn't that a Gloria Estefan song? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Played at weddings a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh the yeah. So he follows yeah, the hammer is like really influencing Hellboy. Um they all, you know, the three of them hop in a car and they drive to go mm-hmm. see where it's taking them. And meanwhile, the Thor's, not Thor's body, has been taken to be studied at just like a yeah. hospital's morgue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what turns out to be a plot that goes nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really thought, I, very, I thought we were going to see his body come back or something. I did too. I did. There was two things that they planted. We'll get into that more after we, oh yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. The no, recap. it's yeah. good. I want to no, interrupt no. too. I just want to get past it. So we know exactly. I don't exactly. want to skip anything either. Yeah. But there are things, there's like two things they pop away from the main storyline that I was like, oh, this could be fun. But then it just, it would never, sort of peters it in. never dig deeper. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah they get his body's that. getting studied by, uh, basically like a, they're gu- I mean, they're like 
forensics, I guess. I don't There's know. There's forensics, the but then there are also like these level of soldiers that like the one guy keeps working for different prime ministers there yes. over <laughs> yeah. and over. And we sort of like have a few pages about, you know, him and his daughter trying to get you to like really sympathize for him real fast, right, right before his <laughs> fucking like he gets like attacked by Thor's yes. resurrected body, which like rips a face off mm-hmm. of a scientist. A lot of like great brutal deaths. Yeah. The book is brutal. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, it is. It's it's brutal <laughs> to side to the side characters who yeah. don't do much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But surprisingly tame for Hellboy and Abe. Yeah. yeah. How many spines were described as being shattered? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You noticed that too? multiple times. Bones were yeah, bones like, were like, yeah, yeah, bodies were like spines. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> bones had been gnawed on a yeah. lot. Oh, a lot yes. of gnawed yeah. on bones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so dogs love this book. <laughs> bones wow. for gnawing. Bones for gnawing. Yeah, I couldn't get it away Dots from my dog. Just dot. up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then the body rises, but then all of the soldiers crowd into the adjacent room and mm-hmm. start shooting through a window until he's just his head is blown to like mm-hmm. smithereens, and then they're like, "We got to get rid of the rest of this corpse and say that it just." But then there's a, the like either it's the mist. Yeah, the, val- the it's Valkyrie? a Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah the mist Valkyries. was mist is, is, is one of the Valkyries. Okay, uh, and it was that was also, it was hard to tell until the end, uh, who that was that showed up with the spear yeah. to kill the the agent, yeah. the yeah. Swedish agent that had had yeah. a family. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel real bad. But it's yeah, like, she uh-uh. showed up and killed him, and then like, he okay. was done. And yeah. then I, w- in my mind, I was like, "Oh, the Valkyries will take the body, and then yeah. something will happen." Right. There. That's what I was expecting the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the third act, I was like, yeah. "Okay, where, where are we could, getting? We're getting some Valkyries. Yeah. Come on! Yeah, like Thor's gonna show up and finish this thing." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, they they drive to the middle of nowhere where the hammer is uh, compelling Hellboy to go. They get out of their car. They go walk, and they see uh, Doctor Aikman with a <laughs> like a like a what is it cup Hunker or yeah a cup what is it what does he have call? I he has like a this thing he was bleeding into yeah. or holding to chalice contr- yeah like it, a it was a tanker 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 yeah, yeah. tanker yeah, yeah. and so he's he was, holding it was that. what he was do, using to he's, control yeah. the frost yeah. giant right he's fi- well he's yeah. like finishing up uh clearly right. do it like you know some sort of incantation to bring this frost giant back to life to reanimate him uh and that happens. They all fight. Uh, Aikman, Dr. Aikman is picked up and his <laughs> essence is sucked out of his eye sockets. Like, it's crazy. It's uh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow, he's toast. Wow, just like that. And then the next <laughs> chapter starts and it was like, he was barely alive. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. he's not dead after that. Like, yeah, the guy, the author, Christopher, was like, I just want him to die in his daughter's arm. It was oh, rough. Like, Jesus. <laughs> his daughter goes and, like, you know, consoles him and he's like, you know, with madness, like his eyes just have nothing left in them. They're just, he's gone already. And then he dies. Um, yeah. And then they're like, okay, we got to drive. <laughs> we got to drive some more. Uh, well, actually wait at this point, they go, this is where the the book stopped and decided to have a funeral. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. They have a funeral for the father. Um, which th- by the way, the off. book treated it like that's a thing that you can just make happen the next day. What did you, did you guys find that weird right. too? Yeah. What happened in the time where you, cause this wasn't like a quick, like, like we're just going to throw him in a whole funeral. Yeah. Three days. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a weird gap when you've got Hellboy with a legendary weapon fused to his hand. What was he just chilling in a hotel? Yeah. Helping like call around a funeral home. Yeah. <laughs> 
just pricing out coffee. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It was so. I think you should go with the oak. Yeah. Giant frost giant that just walked away. And you're all stopping for three days to plan this, which they describe as like a very elaborate funeral. Tons of people are there. They're having to stay in a limousine the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then he and like, yeah, they're in the limo and that's where they kind of all reconvene and start like talking about a plan of action at that point where it's like the Swedish government lost him and they don't know where Thurim is. And now it's like, now good luck, go find it. But then the dwarves very conveniently were able to find Thrym's whereabouts and yes yeah Brock and Etri yeah the, yeah. Uh, the dwarves like who Brock forged Thor's hammer <laughs> yeah probably uh, my favorite side yeah they're, they're pretty great. cute they're fantastic yeah I, like I did them like them and felt okay so yeah so they are taken via helicopter to a town that's been decimated by Thrym on his path up north mm-hmm. uh, no bodies are around that's unnerving they are they pack up their van they go and then Brock and Etri stop them on the way out they're like turn it around we gotta go back because but he they didn't even want to turn it around what was funny <laughs> yeah. in that situation is Brock and Etri you didn't see it you didn't see Garm that yeah. giant dog like, Garm's no. in there he's like well mm-hmm. and they didn't even go like let's go back and kill it was like Hellboy going well, let's go take care of that. I hate when I got a that double in- back. I was like, why? Well, well, then why are we? I wonder. That entire, the, the, that whole sequence uh-huh. very much struck me as, oh, shoot, we need to hit page count. Oh, yeah, um, I can see that. Oh, boy, we, we, we wanted a 300-page novel. You've only given us a 250-page novel. Can you, like, throw something else into the middle? Yikes. Uh, Same with the, like, yeah, big with dog the, fight. Fire, the like, fire elemental guy. Oh, uh, yeah. elemental um, guy. Even the funeral felt a little bit. Yeah. I and mean, a couple yeah. of the cutaways. Were- Which, like, I mean, like, I guess, you know, they feel very much like mini-bosses yes. in, this, in this sort of thing. Yes. But, it, I mean, it was kind of, I guess neat to see i mean not that abe and Cornella really get to do anything like they they're, they're like okay we'll we'll let you come along and try to fight garm mm-hmm. in this kind of church e-building yeah just like a town place. hall yeah so they they unload a clip at garm's face and it does <laughs> nothing and hellboy's like okay get out of here get out of here. <laughs> go 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 and then yeah they have uh, garm is sitting there on a pile of corpses that were the townspeople mm-hmm. just you know eating them like chicken wings? This is the scene where we do lose Brock. Yeah, yeah. that was Who gets pretty... one blow and then yeah, bit in half. He gets bitten <laughs> in half, hammer and all. Yep, he gets his torso eaten. <laughs> Sucked. I was yeah. like, oh no, oh, he was, was so like, cute. Yeah. And you do feel like that was a really. I thought that was a pretty successful part where it's like, okay, you made us care about these like two little silly guys. Yeah, in a pretty short amount, of, like for how you know how little that they're in the book yeah and how like, quickly you meet them yeah, yeah. and it's like uh, fantastical yeah. that they even show up mm-hmm. you're like okay and it's just a fun sort of like uh like a D part of my brain is like oh, oh and yeah. they each have like and then he has little knives and he's stabbing at him and climbing up him like uh, with his knives yeah like, yeah <laughs> i was like oh, that's cool um hellboy sort of like cracks garm's teeth out and eventually like is able to overcome him and Knocks him every time he killed something, it was so brutally. Described. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that was great. This is one of my the back where he broke the dog, he broke its back, mm-hmm. yeah. and he leaves because Hellboy seeps through and is like uncomfortable with it. He right. also <laughs> just lets he's like, I'm just gonna let Atri like take care of it, like, sort yeah. of as a mm-hmm. vengeance for his brother, mm-hmm. yeah. And that was sad. And then they had to keep driving. <laughs> they drove a lot, they drove through yeah. some towns, they found some maps in the car, they were able to get up north. And then they had to go on on foot, mm-hmm. 
Despite um, having had access to a helicopter previously. Yeah. They were like, yeah. don't come back. Don't come back. Right. We, we might be here. We don't know how long we'll be here. <laughs> and yeah, they pretty much, what, same day? They don't sleep they there don't after sleep. they no, fight gone. Yeah. They just go. They, yeah. And they, I, I guess it's it, Again, it's like D&D. Like, you, know, yeah. you, you, know you know where the boss is. You know where the DM is trying to railroad you. Yeah, right. They're like, we're getting this <laughs> yeah. over with. Yeah. We're going to gain a level. Like, you're going to get an ability score increase after this. Let's just do it. Come get on, back to go. town, get restock afterwards. Yeah. If it was our D&D game, we would have stopped and probably talked to Brock and Eitri for a good half hour infuriating our DM. Oh, I see. I see. You're, you're like my players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a D&D game going truly, right now. Yeah. Truly derailing and be like, we're going to go to their house yeah. and be like, no, why? We have a why journey. We have a task to yeah, finish. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do you, are you guys seeing anybody? Why would you ask them that? Like, yeah. Just veins popping up and uh, Andrew Stanton, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Genuinely um, a recap that I sent out for one of my recent sessions was <laughs> about a thousand words of and okay, and then you went to have this conversation, and then you had this conversation right? where you learned this other thing about the the impending plot yeah, point. Then it. you had this conversation. <laughs> then you went to the Duchess's Manor, and you had this conversation. Nothing but conversation. It's fun. It's, it's fun so as hell. But, but yeah, that's nice of you to recap it. I take. I take. I'm the note taker of the. Oh, group. I I set myself a dangerous precedent early on with this campaign where yeah. I sent out a couple of recaps because two of my players had not done. D and D before, like oh, they, yeah. they played like oh, once or twice before, uh, and I sent out a couple of recaps, and then I just got in the habit of it. Yeah, uh, and now it's between fifteen hundred and twenty five hundred words every other week. I mean, you should just wow. publish it. You should just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just be like, here coffee, we go. Yeah, coffee. Yeah. Be the most meandering yeah, yeah. sci-fi or uh, fantasy story ever. Yeah, a lot, lot of side conversations. A <laughs> uh, lot of, lot of, lot of jokes. Oh, what the hell is yeah, this for? Uh, yeah, that's pr so that's pretty much what they're doing. If they finally get to like go directly there, uh, they have camping gear and stuff from but they the don't. town. I was like, I don't know how yeah. to survive in the weather. Yeah. When they're like in the Arctic Circle, I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I can understand like a Hellboy because he has yeah. fantastical elements about him, but everybody yeah. else, I was like, I have no clue. I guess in the dwarves, right. of course, but the two Abe is no human. Yeah. I was like, Abe and Bernelia should leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If like, yeah, you are going to be frost. But she didn't complain. Yep. Her face showed her, uh, you know, the distress she was in, but yes. she was she clammed up. <laughs> yeah. She was like, she was I'm stoic. going. Well, yeah. she has to, you know, uh, avenging your father is probably like, you know, that probably... Mm. Makes your temperature go up a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she was heated. <laughs> yeah, she was heated for sure. They get, they camp. Um, they're they're like falling over tired. They make a camp. They have you know uh, one of those like ready logs or whatever, and they light that. Uh, Pranilla gets out her you know once every two months cigarette that she lights and which uh, Abe was very judgy about. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and he was like I didn't want to sound judgy but I was learning things about my new girlfriend that I found to be less than <laughs> less than I don't know. After that, he popped on his fedora and stroked the beard. Yeah. He was growing only yeah. on his neck. Well, she had a cigarette, so she's not as beautiful to me now. She's, you know those make you age faster? Oh, you boy. Know, just something. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, she's not the girl that, you know, he had in his mind. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's her fault? Anyway. Uh, so then, I forget this creature's name, but the fire becomes, like, a sentient living... 
wildfire. Yes. Starts to like consume Hellboy's jacket, like kind of Hellboy takes a swing at him, but he like envelops mm. his right hand of doom and starts like burning away at his coat. And Hellboy's like not typically burnable. Like he right. can't, he's not yeah. like combustible, but whatever this cre- magical creature's fire is like really like making his skin bubble up like pizza. And I he, read this and yeah. genuinely I feel like you're telling me something I don't know. This whole this the, the fire thing. Oh really? I, I have the vaguest that, memory of that. Yeah. And I it just that is gone from uh, yeah. It was so it was not very it consequential. Was so, it was yeah. like it it yeah. happened and then they Abe kicks the ready log off of or the, the Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's uh the 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 fire spirit is essentially connected to the fire yeah, and the he knocks the logs out of the cave and off the cliff and it it drags him down like a cartoon. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Just like, like Wiley Coyote down. <laughs> yeah. Like you Ouch. can see the fire's eyes bulge for a second and yeah. yoink. Yeah, right. Pull down. <laughs> That's exactly what happens, yeah. basically. And then then Hellboy is I guess it's just a way to make Hellboy but then he's not shirtless because then he he takes out in a reference to the first novel by the same author, he takes out a sweater that his Previous girlfriend, girlfriend had knitted mm-hmm. for him and puts that on and had to rip it. Yeah, he had to rip he it for the right-handed dude. Hammer in it's just like a funny image. Right, yeah. So now he has that. He has this like talisman around his neck, mm-hmm. and he has uh, so goofy the hammer, and it's like yeah, with like a little nice sweater on. But yeah. um, and they look down, uh, down into like sort of a valley. They see a town where. The like people, the like bo- they've been like passing bodies along mm-hmm. the way, and the source of those people is like clearly right there. But then, as the wind sort of moves and like changes, they see this sort of mirage of this citadel where the giants used to convene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they're like, okay, that's kind of there. It's like the ghost of a building yeah, Utgard, and guard, right? Yeah, Utgard. and it's it's. Uh, uh, the whole book they're kind of like you know sort of talking about how uh, this like plane of existence si- kind of crosses over with earths and some things mm-hmm. are like stuck here and some things mm-hmm. sort of are here like their essence is kind of here in some places and because of like Thrym's magic it's sort of like letting these things like like these other giants have risen all the ground is like disturbed around the citadel and stuff like that and uh like all these other giants are rising and all this good stuff they make a really fat like hellboy's like we're pretty much gonna go mm-hmm. in directly abe and pernilla you guys see if there's any survivors uh me and the dwarves are gonna uh the dwarves and i are gonna go just bash in and just start like smashing <laughs> skulls go. yeah and that's pretty much exactly what they do abe and pernilla find an old man and a woman and a little girl mm-hmm. in this like disgusting area full of bodies that have yeah. that the giants are just yeah. sort of like snacking on uh meanwhile hellboy and and his crew uh start like knocking them all down yeah killing <laughs> killing a bunch of giants and then eventually they end up in this sort of like uh like center area where it's like uh, maybe people fought here or maybe mm-hmm. like the giants yeah. met here to feast yeah and all where uh thrym is coming out of his tower yeah. and uh all of his other giants have been destroyed and he may- starts making more of them rise from yeah. like the yeah. where they fell in battle 
Yeah. Uh, and the dwarves are fighting those off while Hellboy. It's it's a video game sequence it's a, where very yes, much so, yeah. where Hellboy is dodging the uh, the this, the minor enemies and charging toward the boss. Exactly. Little, little quick time events where he like jumps yeah, over yeah. A, a rising you have to roll hand. dodge yeah. a bunch yeah. of times before you can get <laughs> yeah, exactly. to exactly uh, and, and hit Thrym three times. And, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> uh, and like I guess. The Valkyries sort of appear and like mm-hmm. the ghosts. Yeah, a bunch of, of but other they're just right? watching. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the being Council passive. of Valkyries appears and watch. <laughs> yeah, along with uh, Ratatosk. Yeah, the squirrel, oh, the squirrel who I really enjoyed. Uh, and then yeah. again, kind of came to nothing. Other yeah. than yeah. chilling on the shoulder of a Valkyrie. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah, in the beginning when he like kind of shows up at mm-hmm. the Ake, at the Aikman residence and sort of instructs Hellboy like. Uh, kind of uh, gives Hellboy a little bit of what's going on. Yeah. I guess that's like his whole thing. He's like, he's a little, he's sort of like, not like gossiping. I, I don't know. <laughs> the gossipy squirrel. Yeah, the gossipy <laughs> little squirrel. The blue, the frost He'll tell the news the from up there and he'll go down here and tell you the news. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like a fun, it was just a fun character to bring in. And oh, and you, Hellboy's kind of been seeing the ravens. ravens throughout mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um yeah, Hugen and Mugen. Yeah. Odin's ravens. Oh yeah, yeah Odin's. Cool. And yeah, so he goes, he fights Thrym, he beats Thrym. <laughs> the um the gets frozen at one point. Gets, then, yeah, it gets yeah. a little frozen, busts out. Mm-hmm. He gives the hammer to Etri, yeah. who yeah. takes it away. And then Which the, missed to get it out of his hand, Miss came up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mrs. Oh, Valkyrie. Yeah, sorry. yeah, it came Come up and, and touches bonk, him, like poked him in the forehead, <laughs> and the hammer just falls out. Yeah, like okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess the hammer and the tal- the like talisman were connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, like a yeah. The frost Thrym uh, ripped the talisman off of Hellboy yeah. while they were fighting, and then uh, then Mist was I think came up and bopped him, bopped him, him and dropped the hammer. Yeah. 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 Like two little parts it. of a magnet, mm-hmm. like they're complementing each other, keeping. The spirit of Thor inside, like possessing Hellboy, basically. Yeah. Um, and then they say how hungry they are, and they want to go get Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, and, and they make a joke about going to Bali, and it's like the yeah. uh, freeze frame at the end of a ninety sitcom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and then they all jump up in the <laughs> yeah. air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fist <laughs> bumping into the air, freeze frame, credits roll. Bali, we're yeah. going to Bali. Oh, and Pernilla <laughs> pockets the. He's like, somebody take that, uh, and yeah. Pernilla pockets the talisman that was yeah. around Hellboy's neck this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's that it. story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there were like parts that I, that I did enjoy, but yeah. like overall there were like a couple, like you're saying a couple loose ends where I was mm-hmm. like, I really would have liked to have seen Thor's body be like, maybe the Valkyries brought him right. to this place or, um, you know, for, for like, because they, they go throughout the book and are telling Hellboy, like you are not Thor basically, like you are not the Thunderbird. You're not blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I would have really liked the chance to see the real Thor show up with his with and be like reunited with his mm-hmm. things and be able to, I don't know, really, truly kill Thrym, I guess, for the last time. Yeah. I mean, I guess that kind of happens through Hellboy, but yeah, I don't know. But it was un- I, f- I found that very unsatisfying that without because I because the whole story in a sense, is constantly Hellboy, and in a sense, nobody knowing what the fuck is going on. Hellboy's just getting these intuitions, right? Yeah. And it's just driving it. They don't, they're, I never fully understood even the end goal of the Frost Giants, other than it was an old, it's like an ancient old battle, right? Mm-hmm. I guess he's just gonna, you know, it's like classic, like, 
take over Earth? Like but I didn't eat even, everyone? But no one said that. So I was like, I right. guess it's just you don't like, know what anybody really wants. Stuck in it. And, so and then, Hellboy doesn't make a lot of choices. Right? No, yeah. that, that was that, frustrating. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes, it frustrated me so much because Hellboy has his own mythos, right? Mm-hmm. Of people driving him to bring about the apocalypse. Yeah. So to have that even completely pulled out and have these old yep. gods not even know that felt so like, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I, I missed a lot of his own mythos being maybe interjected. And that's why, mm-hmm. well, because of who, even if it's like, because of who you are, you can't beat him. We need Thor to come back and do it. Right. To finish this up. Great. But it would tie more into like his own mythos versus this felt like it could be any character. Yes. It didn't feel very singular to Hellboy specific other than it is Hellboy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could plug in any like any guy that was just like a cool scientist and be like, right. fuck the hammer stuck yeah. on me and now I have to go on this adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Not long after getting the hammer, he had a, a flashback to Thor Fighting, oh yeah, that long fighting section. at Ragnarok. Um, the death of Thor, Ragnarok being you know the end of that world, and it's exactly like you were saying that has that was Hellboy's sort of prophesied purpose for so long. That was what he defined himself by, and what other people defined him by for so long. Bring about the end of the world. That for them to introduce that concept directly in text through a flashback with Thor, and at no point have him recognize the similarities that they shared while also grappling with the differences. Hellboy does not want to be like a warmonger. He he doesn't Mm -hmm. want revenge. He's not seeking uh, violence necessarily where Thor is Uh, for them to just sort of drop and Thor here's Thor dying at Ragnarok and not pull those connections in and use them to feed the final fight uh, with Thrym with like you were saying, Hellboy giving in to Thor or Hellboy suppressing Thor so yeah. he can beat Thrym his own way felt like such a huge missed opportunity. And I think the plot was full of those. Every felt like every plot detail was put in there with one point of connection. The point of connection was where it was dropped into the plot. Yeah. yeah. When so much of of the early Hellboy comics and all that, anytime something came up, you could point to three or four other points of connection where it's dropped in here. It's relevant here. Yeah. It's relevant here, and it pays off here. I don't feel like this had nearly as much seeding of of well of anything. Yeah, it, this. It, I know we were joking about D and D, but this did kind of read to me like a not so great D and D adventure, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's just get to the end goal. Just a linear sort of a thing. Yeah. And like, no other... there's a session where you, Oh, there's a session where you fight the dog. Yeah. And, Oh, there's a session with a fire spirit and, Oh, okay. Now you're at the giants and none of that ever has to come back into play Yeah, because it's just mm-hmm. getting They're like through little it. one-off things that are like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, I and would agree. The worst, I think offender yeah. with that is the hammer. Yeah. The fact that Hellboy has this, I, I can't, I guess even more powerful artifact fused to An essentially already his already powerful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and it doesn't really affect the way he lives his life other than annoying him. That he right. Has to it's hold just it. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's heavy. And he has to sleep with it, like his hand off the bed. Yeah. Holding it on the floor. I, you've already got a character who has a super weapon yeah. essentially. And then you just give him a, another super weapon. It, it didn't feel consequential to me and i think because that didn't feel consequential 
the change, the slight changes that it made to his personality didn't feel intentional, consequential, or effective. It just yeah. felt like it made Hellboy grumpier. Yeah. 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 Gave him a couple, like, some temper issues. Yeah. Abe maybe once called out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, to even, like you were saying, to even say that, to even bring up this juxtaposition at all would have been nice. Like, even for Abe just to be like, I think that you're struggling with this because, because every other creature that you've run up into Mm -hmm. at this point, like every powerful magical creature throughout the comics is like, you're Hellboy, you're going to bring about the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, That's your fate. And he is running against that saying, like defying that at at every chance that he can. So like, yeah, to, yeah, it's, uh, I think missed opportunity is the real, like (laughs) two word (laughs) summary of the whole thing. Like it's just, because I want to know the opinions of those those ancient creatures too. Thinking right. like, is is do we want like even the Valkyries in the George? Do we want this harborer of the end of all things to be our 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 hero right now? Mm-hmm. Even if it needs that, I need yeah. somebody to throw in a fucking opinion on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah just I, like literally, exactly, he's yes. like he's like strong enough to wield it, and that's that's the end of the reasoning for giving it to Hellboy. Like, it's, yeah. You know Norse mythology. It sounds yeah. like well, yeah. I like I like Norse mythology. Um, I'm very more just blinded. My blinds. I have blind spots. A lot of blind spots there. But I'm also just influenced too much by Marvel. Mm. Does he is the the idea of him only being able to wield it if you're worthy come from Marvel or is that a thing from the not from not the ancient not exactly. Okay. I mean the the Aesir, uh, the god, the old Norse gods are traditionally like. They're bigger and stronger than humans, and it's more just that weapon was made for Thor specifically to wield. A human trying to pick up his hammer would be like us trying to pick up like a uh, ah, God, like a car kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. um, Thor can wield it because he is stronger than us, because he is better than us. Uh, not not necessarily because he is the only one who is worthy. To wield it, and there yeah. are like there are a million variations on on those legends too. So I don't know. Right. I don't know if the like worthiness started. I don't think that started with Marvel. I think that's an older concept. But cool. there are plenty of versions of that myth where it's it's not a worthiness thing. It's just literally uh, he's just the better version yeah. of of humanity or the stronger versions of humanity. Makes sense. Cool. I was just yeah. curious because it never really yeah. seemed to be an issue to anybody that he could wield it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, then no, they, no. and then the dwarves picked it up. But right. Also, like, if Odin's ravens are around, I was like, where's Odin? Is Odin going to show up? But I guess he's dead too. <laughs> yeah. I. It was a little fast and loose with the uh, sort of its placement in the mytho- in Norse mythology. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess technically it has to take place after everything, but for any of those characters to be present, I feel like you're, you're retconning so yeah. much of it. Mm-hmm. So then I, it became a little muddy to me who we should expect to see, who we yeah. might actually yeah. be dealing with. Um, oh, <laughs> there's Dot. Hey. Dot um, also didn't think the book was She didn't like it. Yeah. She's barking because she didn't <laughs> like it very much. I will say that Hellboy has never been one to play super close to the like legends, folklore, and myth. That right. It's, yeah. That it's totally yeah. using, but I do usually expect a deeper dive into them. This this felt a little bit um, surface level, a little yeah. cursory. I agree. I think but it like, was an enjoyable story too. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't dislike it. I don't want yeah. it to come. I know I'm complaining. I don't want it to come off like I hated it. I I did enjoy reading it. Yeah. 
but yeah, it, it wasn't as deep as I would have hoped from a, from a novel. Yeah. And it just seems like, like you were saying, like there are so many opportunities that to, to, to just make it feel like things were coming full circle mm-hmm. instead of just like injecting these little things throughout just to be like, we're in a North mythology sort of world. So this yeah. is sort of the, like, these are the balloons and party hats of that. And then you kind of don't really get to see like them. You don't really get to see them pay off as much as you sure could have. Right. And I think Mignola in his like forward to this is like overly modest about his ability to be a storyteller. Like he's like, I'm a, I'm an illustrator and um, I'm not really a writer. I'm not like really a writer, or... but it's like, I think you're, you're yeah. a better writer than As, you give it, yourself credit. You might yeah. be a better writer than Christopher Golden. Like there's, I think he is. You know, I, n- not yeah. to like totally shit on this guy. I just, I, I just think that maybe it's also the, the character that Mignola has established. It, it just doesn't translate as well to maybe a novel or, or just. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I really, I didn't hate Christopher Golden's portrayal of Hellboy, but. Um, yeah, I just, the whole time I just find myself wanting to read it as a comic. It just, yeah. uh, I think Mignola is just so effective in telling the story and like implant, like putting in those kind of like little things, like putting in like, like he would have Ratatosk in there as like Mm -hmm. something very small that you, you would see at the beginning and the end just sort of as like a, um, like a little theme throughout, but I don't know. I, I, that's just my preferred way to mm-hmm. <laughs> take in Hellboy stories, I guess. Sure. That's how I am. I am biased with a lot of, I want it to be in that medium all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of the moments in this, I was like, I wish I was sort of watching it or looking mm-hmm. at an illustration of it versus. I found myself like waiting for Mignola's illustrations kind of. Yeah. yeah. And some of like what we've mentioned a little bit in a, in a smaller degree is some of the descriptions sort of not, I mean, you'd find different ways to say it, but it felt a little repetitive as well as leaving the descriptions of I feel like he describes the again. knot of like, hair on his I head. I already saw them. I don't yeah. need to the same way multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there, yeah. I think, he, I think that was just like maybe golden being like, I like the way that this, like I liked it. So I'm going to put it in there mm-hmm. a couple times. I don't, I truly don't know. I don't know <laughs> the, like, you know, I've never written a novel too. So it's like, I don't know. There are probably like challenges that I can't foresee that maybe, I don't know, maybe that's oh, of course, yeah, just helpful to him for, for fill- and like filling yeah. out the yeah, page totally. count and stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's the best writer in the world when they're playing in someone else's universe. Um, they're they're going to be limited yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think what you said was pretty astute. This feels like it should have been. A comic, yeah, and I feel like some of the complaints that we've been voicing would could easily be addressed through visual storytelling. Yeah, little little details that felt like they were missing, things that made the story feel deeper, that made the mythology feel more real or specific, would come through easily uh, with a, with with visuals, with yeah. especially the visuals you get in Hellboy. Yeah, he's really good. They're really good about dropping in dropping stuff into the background so that when you want to find something you can and yeah. get additional context. It just gives you a words. little more room for yeah. interpreting like, Oh, that, that probably means that like, yeah. but I mean, I, but it feels intentional. Like Mignola yeah. is so good at covering all those bases. I think. Yeah. A few looks from Abe or like different posture uh, and demeanor from Hellboy visually could have sold the, like the Thor Hellboy 
yeah totally. interplay a little more could have sold that conflict way more than what we got in, in this and i think that the reason it didn't come through in this is that it still has to be recognizably hellboy mm-hmm. we don't want to I mean, maybe I do, but I think generally people coming into this don't want to read a novel about Thor and Hell, Hellboy's body. Yeah. But when you're in Hellboy's POV in a book like this for most of the chapters, that's what it turns into. And then, oh, you're not really reading Hellboy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that would be a struggle, I guess. Yeah. The other things, aside from all the like sort of like not deep dive in Norse mythology and those connections to his own mythos. I th- like I hated that they tried to establish like the Swedish government. There's some fun they just left on the floor mm-hmm. in the real world, which was like the Swedish government thinking that Hellboy is trying to steal the hammer. Yeah. Like that's fun stuff that I think is in the original where it's like, well, they are still functioning in a real world. That when he gave it to Etri, I was like, oh yeah. man, they're going to be pissed. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> then we never found out yeah. who yeah. they were. Yeah. And how are they going to get out of that little thing? And right. even the cutaway to Kate Corrigan and Tom Manning felt so it slowed down the read. Right. And then it never came back. It was just like, Kate, wait, Kate's losing sleep over this, but yeah. we're yeah. never going to, ha- she's never going to get yeah. involved or like <laughs> come yeah. back. All this was so you could describe how Tom Manning had Coronas and Limes at home. Yeah, that did yeah. kind of make me laugh a little bit though. I was like, it, it is laugh, funny because yeah. you so infrequently see like a yeah. human side to Manning. Okay. <laughs> he's always in the office mm-hmm. just barking out orders and stuff well, get me home with and then end the novel with like Hellboy having to have a shitty debrief about yeah. well we're still trying to convince the Swedish government you didn't steal yeah. this hammer we believe right. you now have a corona with me I don't <laughs> yeah. know but then I don't know like if I had all that at the end it wouldn't have felt like it's like okay you already killed through him like yeah. do we need I, to talk about I just felt like that, like a comic book, you could do that in one page, panel, right? Like right. a couple of panels, and then I'm like, great, I don't need the full thing. Yes, you could have him like here, shrugging yeah. at a bunch of like a f- government officials or something. <laughs> yeah, yep. there's just fun that was just again miss. It's miss opportunities. You nailed the word. Yeah, yeah. it's the word of the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, it has a great cover. I'll, oh I'll, man, I'll yeah. have my final cover. thoughts on that. I think the cover that Mignola did for the actual novel is pretty rad. Yeah. And Dave, I'm assuming Dave Stewart did the cover, the colors, because mm. he's amazing. I didn't check if that's true or not. But any final thoughts after what we've just said and gone through? I yeah, I I didn't like I said I did enjoy it. Uh, I had fun reading it in the same way that I have fun watching like a crappy action movie. Yeah, I I don't feel like this one is gonna stick with me the way, you know, I'm gonna remember the Rasputin thing. I'm going to remember mm-hmm. Abe getting speared mm-hmm. through the gut uh, in, in his own uh, book. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to remember stuff like that. I'm probably not going to remember this, but it was certainly a fun read for, for a holiday when sure. I didn't have a ton of attention to give to other stuff. I don't know that I would read another Hellboy novel, though. Yeah. You guys have read Completely two, though. Completely fair. Yeah, this is two our second they've been one. rough. Would you uh, read another The other one? one by Christopher Golden. I mean, we do could, we have another Christopher I Golden one on I the... I can't remember. I'd have to pull up the... the, the let me look. If I, we do, it's going to be rough to get through. Okay. I I'm mean... Like, there's a bunch that we... Because we've decided, and we decided this early in our teaser for this season, was like, we just made it clear, well, we're probably not going to read everything. We're only going to read sure. these selections that Mignola has officially called canon. Okay. And there's maybe like six. And yeah. some of those are just oh, short okay. stories. So I sure will for this podcast. But if I was just, you know, yeah. going about I'll my search. day, I had like a little stack of books on mm-hmm. the side of my bed. And then I was reading this and I was like, fuck. 
I wish I like I kind of want to read, you know, I'm yeah. like looking at these other things just being like, I wish I could just read. Oh, yeah. These this put a hold on me reading because I'm rereading like the extraordinary. Uh, oh, the leaders. League of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. Yeah. Because I jumped over the black dossier when I was reading mm-hmm. it because it was just like it felt intimidating. So I'm back going back through it. And this made me stop that reading. Yeah. So I was like a little angry with it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As well as I'm starting to read our next book that we'll be touching on, like yeah. in the BPRD. And I'm like, I just want to read those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I came into reading this one from uh, I, I had just finished Jeff Vandermeer's The Strange Bird, which is one of the one of the better novels I've ever read. Very weird. Ooh. He's he's a guy who wrote uh Southern Reach trilogy, the Area X. Books yeah. that got turned into um, Annihilation, the movie. Cool. Oh um, wow! His and it was it was so good and so surreal, and I I remember every moment of that book. And then yeah, this it was like watching Parasite, Ooh. and then going home and throwing on like an episode of The Challenge or Ninety Day Fiance. Yeah, to yeah. Be <laughs> That's what this book was. Ninety Day Cleanse Fiance. Your yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I bet. Like, hey. Yeah. I love that. We That's do have scared. one more novel to read. Okay. For sure. One more golden by, golden, by yeah. Christopher Golden. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next. This was short. better than Lost he Army. He got better. I agree with Mignola. Okay. From from the Lost Army to this, he did improve. Okay. And Mignola, yeah, Mignola <laughs> even said as much in his forward. It was yeah. like this is better than that. It's yeah. like I can't believe you're. This is the way that we're, we're talking for, about your forward this. Is. Like, yeah. It's like it's, it's like better, it's guys. not exactly it's praise for yeah. the book. <laughs> like, have you ever? It reminded me of. Uh, have either have seen um, that? Uh, what's the? Oh my God! What is his name that that directed Brazil? Oh, uh, uh, Terry Gilliam. Yeah. He did a movie called Tideland. Oh yeah, I saw Tideland. I didn't. It's horrible. I didn't want to see. I wish I hadn't seen. Tideland. Yeah. <laughs> no one yeah. should see it. But did you watch it with the on the DVD when it? Did you watch it in the theater or in DVD? I liked Terry Gilliam, uh, and then I saw that it was on a double disc uh, DVD. So I just bought it without yeah. having seen it. Mm-hmm. So move, but hey. that's how I that I I saw it for twenty nine ninety five oh, or something. Uh, yeah. Did you did you watch the weird forward he has in the beginning? Yep. He it remind his forward. <laughs> that's what you reminded me of. He has this weird forward at the beginning of that movie, telling you like, don't listen to what anybody said. Yeah. This movie got like it, people, and he's like, you need to make your own opinion. And you're right. like, you're carrying me up to know this movie's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just pre- maybe put this at the end. Yeah. <laughs> or just admit you didn't like be a Sydney Lumet and be like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you make a good movie. Sometimes yeah. you don't. Imagine putting an apology at <laughs> yeah. the beginning of your life. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Terry Gilliam's forward in front of Tideline is just. Look, guys, I'm sorry, but sorry. you're already here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's try to have some fun. Can't we try? Uh, <laughs> so brutal. It's great. My little thoughts will be: I probably, I, I'm glad I read it. I'm gonna put a lot of time between this and the next one. Yeah, can't wait to look get back into the comics because I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and get more into that and dig deeper with you, Kate. Yeah, that's my final thoughts. I can't. Yeah, say yeah. More. I look forward to the comics, <laughs> and I think like, I think, I think, yeah. I think if Christopher Golden keeps, you know, keeps on his track of like chip it away, get a little bit better every time he yeah. writes one of yeah. these, then you know maybe he'll be more familiar with the characters and more just willing to. I don't know to have them make some choices of their own throughout <laughs> yeah. the book. Yep. Like that would be nice. Um. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. It, we're really sliding into <laughs> yeah. a low note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this episode is going to 
going to end like the uh, the Sopranos, just a a blackout, just right. a, yeah, <laughs> just, just blackout and silence <laughs> for about two minutes. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> you, got any, you got any good Ray Bradbury stories that we could leave on Insta? I feel like I'm like, well, he, yeah, he, I mean, anything that you'd say if you wanted to get this out of your system is there? You've already suggested yeah, well, Ray Bradbury, well, oh but this is normally our suggestion segment. If you just want any, it doesn't even have to be Ray Bradbury. Anybody have any quick suggestions that something that you would be like, well, if you liked this and you want something oh, better, absolutely. what would you want to read or watch or see? Neil yeah. Gaiman's uh, North, Norse, Norse Mythology. mythology yeah. right. It's really good. Uh, I read that about a year ago and I, I pulled it up on my phone because I know I'm not going to remember the title, but there's a book. Here it is. Uh, Gods and Myths of Northern Europe by Hilda Roderick Ellis Davidson um, is a great introduction to a lot of the the core stories from that region and and all over all over northern europe uh, nice i really like that i've i read that years ago um and i i read that in one of my dnd world building uh fits where i i every now and then will buy a book about something to do with an element of the world that i'm trying to blow out read through it nice. and then info dump it on my players uh, <laughs> in a in a thinly veiled way <laughs> uh, I love it. but it's great it's a good i book. love it very informative very interesting that's uh, awesome thank i feel like i have dude i have like five things in my cart now i'm hey, just like glad. i gotta go you gotta get them gotta get all of these things like yeah i just appreciate all of the recommendations and stuff like glad that. to do it i, I like, love it i like to make people like the things i like it's good. There you go. Yeah, Very yeah. convincing. You're good at it. <laughs> My only suggestion is going to be if you haven't yet out there, pick up Jason Aaron's run of Thor. Do it all. Because oh, Jason okay. run Jason Aaron is a great comic book writer. His Thor run is amazing. Yeah, really in, inventive and original. And very, it spans a large history of his. Mm. From like, it goes from like, oh, the beginnings of him becoming unworthy, through great characterization. Through a whole like universe change, he wrote all the uh, uh, the the female Thor, mm. uh, woman yeah. Thor, and uh, and goes through that all the way. Like he talks about the end of his times and his like it's it's amazing. Just cool. Jason Aaron's run on Thor, everybody should read it if you're interested in that stuff. Yeah. Anything from you before? I guess I mean if you haven't read American Gods, I think that's worth reading. Oh, yeah. If you want to, yeah. <laughs> if you like to those ravens, go check out. <laughs> American gods. Like, cause I, 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 that was, that felt to me like a way more fun sort of examination of those characters. Well, a lot of different characters and gods from many different backgrounds. But it, if it's like, if it's like a modern world sort of look at Norse mythology you're looking for, I think that, that one's a pretty yeah. cool one. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Oh, well, as we close out, do you have anywhere, if anybody wants to hear more from you or check out your graphic design or writing, oh. anything, any plugs you'd like to just tell um, to get more from you? Uh, most of my design is through referral right now. I don't have a site up anymore. Cool. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at probably James very infrequently, <laughs> but I have done a lot of design for the, the podcast network that you guys are with, Campfire. I've yeah. done a lot of covers uh, for Campfire shows. Uh, so check some of that. You can check some of those out if yeah. you if you want. He's um, <laughs> great guys. stuff. And yeah, uh, that's that's it for me. I'm not I'm not a big plugger. I love it. <laughs> that's that's okay. Hey, you just being here is the plug, baby. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're all gonna hug after this. Yeah, we are gonna hug. In a picture. We'll Long hugs. <laughs> uh, well, that's wonderful. You can follow us, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at Ah Crap a Hellboy Podcast on Instagram, Ah Crap Hellboy on Twitter. 
You can reach out to us. Give us your thoughts on this book if you've read it. Any other thoughts you have on anything we've talked about today, including Brad, Ray Bradbury. Um, you can email us, all of that, at Podcast at gmail.com. This has been wonderful, James. Thank Absolutely. you for taking the time out to join us and to read a novel for yeah, us. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great insight, as always. And thank you for listening out there, who's ever has got us plugged into yours right now. <laughs> thank you. And remember, we love you. We love you. <laughs>